Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHer Con is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. I pivoted into doing larger deals where I was bringing on partners, raising money through partnerships to do those bigger deals. And it is outside of my comfort zone. Every progressive deal I do is a little bit bigger and more challenging, but I think that when you operate just outside of your comfort zone, that's how you grow. Welcome to the Best Ever Show, the world's longest running daily commercial real estate podcast. Our hosts interview commercial real estate experts every day to get you the best advice ever with none of the fluffy stuff. Best ever listeners, welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever Show. I'm your host, Ash Patel. Today's episode is brought to you by Presario Ventures, a private equity real estate firm based in the booming Austin, Texas market. To learn how you can invest in the future of Texas with Presario Ventures, please visit info.presarioventures.com forward slash best ever or click on the show notes below. Today's guest, Joe Cornwell. Best ever listeners, this is going to be a special episode where I introduce somebody that's going to be a host alongside of us. Joe Cornwell is from Cincinnati. He has been a friend of Slocum, Travis, and Joe Fairless's for many years, as well as mine. Joe and I have done some deals together. We've all played poker together. I'm excited to introduce to you our newest host, Joe Cornwell. Joe, if you would give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what you're focused on now. Well, thank you so much for the introduction and thank you guys for having me on the show and obviously hosting future shows. I am humbled and honored and looking forward to making a lot of content with you guys. A little bit about me. So I was born and raised here in Cincinnati. I have been on the show a few times and I actually looked up some of those that we can give the link if anyone wants some of the more particulars on the background. Obviously, those were more in-depth conversations about my background. But I am a multifamily real estate investor. I own a real estate company that focuses on sales, leasing, and general construction. And that is what I've been doing the last six years. I had a full-time job as a police officer for 10 years, and I went into real estate full-time two years ago. So for the last two years, I've been focused strictly on growing my businesses and my investments. Right now, I have about 125 units that I currently own, and I am scaling my businesses and my investments up pretty quickly, which 
has obviously led to a lot of opportunities, including being a part of the show. And that's what I'm looking forward to bringing that experience to the viewers and the listeners of the show. Joe, when you listen to your past performances, how would you rate them? Scale of one to 10. On the shows, I actually didn't listen and I want to, I thought it'd be kind of cool to go back and look at the last five, six years. I think my oldest show was 2018. So a long time ago. And I thought it'd be kind of cool to go back and see all the progress and growth I've had as not only a podcaster, but also as a business person and investor. So yeah, I plan on at least skimming through them, but I know for sure I've grown a lot in that time. Yeah. It took me years to listen to the very first time I was on a podcast and that was when Joe interviewed me. It was bad. It was cringeworthy. I would answer his questions before he even finished asking them. I was so nervous. The point is that this is a lot more difficult than it appears. So you've got your own podcast as well. Is that right? Yeah. I host a mastermind group where we do group discussions and we do topics and I do occasionally interview guests as well, but it's actually a private Facebook group slash YouTube channel. So we do upload our recordings on there just so people can catch up on them. And mainly it's for the group members, but obviously anybody can access those. But yeah, that's really my only experience in actually podcasting or interviewing and, and doing audio video recordings of real estate. All right, let's deep dive a little bit into your background and your personality and what's in your head. And best ever listeners, again, I've known Joe for a number of years. He is very much like me. I'm from New Jersey and he is a former police officer. So he is very direct, will always tell you what's on his mind. We all love that about Joe. But Joe, tell us why you wanted to go into law enforcement. Okay, I was in high school was not a very good student, probably wasn't a very good kid most of the time either. And I looked around and realized that I had a couple options. If I continued doing the things I was doing, hanging out with the people I was doing, I was going to either end up working in fast food for the rest of my life, jail, dead, or if I wanted to take a different path, then I could try to graduate high school, get into college, and then go down a productive path. And that led me to trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my young adulthood. What specifically got me into law enforcement was actually a brother-in-law of mine who was a police officer at a suburb of Cincinnati, and he took me under his wing. They had a program at the time called the Police Explorers. It's like a program underneath the Boy Scout umbrella, and they basically train young teenagers and young adults to be- It's like, uh, it's like the Kevin officers. Hart movie, Ride Along. Kind of. So we did ride-alongs. I got to see arrests. <laughs> And what was really appealing to law enforcement for me was that it wasn't the same thing every day. So I knew I didn't want to sit in a cubicle and work on a spreadsheet. Funny enough, I do a lot of that now. But at the time, I knew I wanted something every day. I didn't want to do a nine to five walking into an office in a corporate setting. And that was really my main appeal. Was like, it'd be exciting. It'd be different. And I thought that it would captivate my attention, which was one of my issues as a teenager is I could not find things interesting that I would actually put my effort into. So that led me into law enforcement and went to the police academy in 2011, got my associate's degree, University of Cincinnati, graduated and started out as a part-time officer at that same department that I had interned with, with the Explorer program. And then did that for 10 years before I went full-time in real estate. How many years ago did you get into real estate and what made you get into that? So 2015, 
I would call my real start. So I had done a live-in flip, sold my first primary residence, which kind of opened my eyes to real estate. And I made some money off of that live-in flip. Obviously, as everyone knows, we were in an appreciating market at that time. I did a little bit of sweat equity and just DIY renovations that also got me into a little bit of a construction background because I renovated my first house and realized that I had the skill set to do those things. So when I sold that, I said, okay, I made 40 grand on accident. What if I actually was intentional about this and knew what I was doing? And it was perfect timing because in my career, I'd been in it four or five years. And I realized that all of the officers I worked with who were nearing retirement age, 50s, 60s, they were typically overweight, very unhappy with their lives, divorced three, four, five times even. So I saw a lot of examples of what I didn't want my life to look like in 20, 30 years. And that was a motivating factor to try something different, take some risk that I probably otherwise wouldn't have. And that all happened around that 2015 time. And that led me into listening to podcasts, reading real estate books. I started attending the best ever meetup in its very early days. It was one of those first couple of meetings that Joe Fairless had hosted. And obviously that put me around a lot of investors who were all growing and learning like I was trying to do. So yeah, that's how I got into it initially. There seems to be a recurring theme here, Joe. In high school, you saw the path that you did not want to go down to, so you pivoted. When you were in law enforcement, you saw another path that you didn't want to go down to. You pivoted again. In real estate, have you seen a path that you don't want to go down to? And was there an epiphany that caused you to pivot? I started buying small multifamilies, and it took me a while to buy that first deal because I had to save the capital. I made all the early mistakes as a young adult right out of college. I bought the most expensive truck they would qualify me for. I bought the most expensive house my wife and I at the time could afford. So I made all those financial mistakes that a lot of young people make. And I had good credit. I wasn't necessarily irresponsible, but I had wanted to live above my means or at least at the top of my means. Let's put it that way. So that set me back because to save money for that first property took me almost two years because I was saving like 500 bucks a month with details and overtime. And this was before I had my real estate and construction business. So I didn't have any side income at the time. So anyway, what made me pivot initially into multifamily was I looked at single families on paper. I looked at multifamily on paper. I toured a bunch of properties and I realized that it made sense to me with the economies of scale to get into multifamily. I wanted to have one roof over multiple units. I wanted to be able to buy materials at volume. And even if it was only a little bit of volume initially, I thought it was more efficient than a single family house. So that was my first pivot and reason why I went into that. And then as I scaled and started buying more and more properties, I realized something that you have talked about a lot and you and I have talked about personally where it is the same amount of effort in many cases to do small deals as it is to do big deals. And the thing that typically holds us back, and this is, again, something you taught me a lot about, is fear and lack of confidence. So for many years, I was buying small multifamily deals that were within my comfort zone. And I kind of look at it like a very linear line of progression, right? Duplexes, fourplexes, sixplexes. And I did that for years. I bought a deal or two every year and it was great. Everything was good. But as I got more and more experience and confidence, 
I pivoted into doing larger deals where I was bringing on partners, raising money through partnerships to do those bigger deals. And it is outside of my comfort zone. Every progressive deal I do is a little bit bigger and more challenging. But I think that when you operate just outside of your comfort zone, that's how you grow. And that's been my pivot over the years is continuing to scale. And I have a lot of things I could talk about with that, but that's probably been my most consistent pivot. Not necessarily asset tight, but scaling within my asset. I never would have taken you for somebody living large. Interesting. Good to hear that story. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Are you a real estate investor struggling to streamline your property management? Are you tired of juggling multiple systems to effectively manage your portfolio? Meet Rentec Direct, your ultimate solution for automating management tasks, reducing errors, and most importantly, saving you time. Rentec Direct offers an all-in-one platform for accounting, marketing, tenant screening, rent collection, and much more. And the best part? You're never alone. With U.S.-based live support and award-winning customer service, Rentec Direct is the partner you need to streamline your property management so you can focus on what's most important, growing your business and getting more deals done. If you're an investor looking to grow your portfolio, join the more than 15,000 investors and landlords who manage real estate assets totaling more than $200 billion using Rentec Direct. Just go to rentecdirect.com forward slash best ever and sign up for a free trial. Plans start at just $45 a month and you'll receive 20% off your first year just for being a best ever listener. That's R-E-N-T-E-C direct.com forward slash best ever for 20% off. What would you say to our best ever listeners that are also saving up currently for their first deal or their next deal? Well, I think one of the most important things that really expedited my trajectory as far as buying more property and ultimately getting out of my W-2 job, which at the beginning wasn't really a goal, but ultimately it made the most sense to do that, was being able to increase my income. And the challenge in most investors I talk to, and probably most of the people listening to this show, the challenge is when you're in a W-2 job, you are constrained with what you can make. Now, as a police officer, I did have a little bit of leverage where I could work overtime, I could work details, but you can only work so many hours in a week, right? So most people know this nowadays. It's a topic that is reiterated over and over, but when your income is tied to your time, it is very difficult to grow, certainly grow quickly. So that would be my biggest piece of advice is to find a way to remove your time from your income. So that means side hustles, businesses. There's a lot of ways that are above my head, but making money through internet businesses or tech, because those are all things that don't have to scale with your direct involvement in your direct labor. Disassociate time from your earning. So essentially make sure you're making money while you're sleeping. Perfect. That is a much better summary of what I said. Got it. Joe, where do you see yourself in five years in terms of real estate? So my goal is a couple things. In my construction business, I want to pivot into building new construction next year. That's kind of our next phase. It's really the last frontier of my business. One thing I have not done. So that is the thing I'm actively working on is scaling up new construction developments. And I want to get into actually developing multifamily. So ground up construction. And I want to continue buying multifamily that is value add. So Almost every property I've purchased over the last six, seven years has been extremely heavy value add real estate. 
full gut renovation. So I want to continue doing that, but I want to do that on a larger scale. So buying mid to large multifamily, 50 to 100 units, that is where I want to go and continue growing. Today, how much of your time is spent on your general contracting business versus real estate investing? Well, obviously they're very intertwined because we do all of our renovations in-house. So it's either my employees or my subcontractors. So that's obviously something I'm still heavily involved with of the management of those renovations. If you separate out the general contracting we do for clients and just contracted work, that's probably half of my time in a given week. Managing my own investments and my own portfolio and even my own renovations is a much smaller amount of time. That's something I can typically manage with five to 10 hours a week, depending on what we have going on. I also have a full-time assistant who has been fantastic. She's been phenomenal and offloading a ton of the day-to-day admin stuff that I was normally dealing with, taking tenant calls, because we self-manage our entire portfolio. So I don't have any third-party contractors. I don't have any third-party property management. So that was the biggest time suck that I was able to offload to my assistant. Joe, I'm going to push back, not just because I know and love you and I've known you for a number of years, but that's what I do on this podcast. And my dilemma here is you're telling me that the best ever listeners should focus more on detaching their time as it's directly correlated to their income, make money while you're sleeping, but you are spending 50% of your time on your general contracting business and spending a smaller amount of time on your own business. Now, my thought is you can make a lot more money. You can disassociate your time from your income more on your own real estate investing versus being a general contractor for clients. What are your thoughts on that? I agree with you. And I think it's very market dependent. So if you look back a year ago, One of the things I briefly mentioned is that my company is called Realty One Stop. A part of our company is sales. So we sell a lot of investment property. Obviously, you and I have worked together, so you know that. But if you look back a year ago, that would have been 75% of my active business time. There's a few reasons for that. But the point being that the market has shifted tremendously in the past year. Rates today are eight plus percent in most cases. And to me, Six months ago, when I shifted heavily into the general contracting business, it was because that was a better lever to pull, meaning I could put less time in for more reward than putting an extra 20 hours into drumming up business for the real estate when the market as a whole is really sluggish right now. To me, it made more sense to scale up the business that was flowing. So I had a smaller amount of time in that business six months ago than I do today. But the reward has been 10x of what it would have been had I not put that investment into my own business. So I guess that would be my pushback on your point. But I agree with you in principle, because if I was buying hundreds of units right now, if I could find that many deals that made sense and raise the money and buy all those, then it would make more sense to strictly operate within my investments. But again, that's just not what the market's given me, at least today. Okay. And that's because you're primarily a residential investor. So I'm going to challenge you and maybe we record another episode where we talk about residential versus commercial, you against me. I would love to do that. Let's do it. (laughs) All right. 
let's wrap up this episode and let's go right into that. No prep work. It's just me against you, residential versus commercial. And this will be the second episode that we record together. But best ever listeners, I want to tell you that Joe is an incredibly great stand-up individual. We're family friends. He's got great kids. He's got a great family. Joe and I have done deals together on a handshake. And I tried to hire Joe for a large commercial general contracting job. And he was just booked too far out. So he is in demand, just an absolute great individual. Joe, we're proud to have you on this show. So welcome, brother. I appreciate it. I'm happy to be here. I appreciate the kind words. And I'm looking forward to delivering great content for all of your listeners. So yeah, can't wait to start putting some more shows out. All right. We're not going to let you go without doing the best ever lightning round. You ready? Let's do it. All right, Joe. What's the best ever book you recently read? Oh, recent book. Man, I've been slacking big time on my reading goals. I'm not going to give you a book, but here's what I'm going to give you because this is more realistic for me. I have been getting much more into reading the macroeconomics going on. So I follow the local newspapers. I'm based here in Cincinnati as well. So I read the local papers to see what's going on in my market I'm investing in. Something I've been doing almost every morning is reading a daily newsletter. And the reason I like that is it covers all of the macroeconomic factors that are happening day to day, right? It's talking about what the Fed's doing, the federal government. It covers a lot of major metros. So it's nice to keep a pulse on the economic factors and the real estate market as a whole. And then obviously I focus a lot on the Cincinnati market on a micro level. Joe, what's the best ever way you like to give back? Part of my mastermind group that I host, it's free, but we do a quarterly meetup that we do a fundraiser for local charities and things that are just timely. So our last one we just had last month, there was a mission trip to Africa. So we raised money for that trip. So we'd like to just pick out different charities to donate to. I also give back to a lot of new investors and helping them along their journey. I know where I was six, seven years ago. So I like to have those conversations, help a lot of new investors and those are the two main ways. Joe, how can the best ever listeners reach out to you? Follow me on all of my social media channels. I'm sure we can link those in the show notes here. And feel free to shoot me an email if you want to connect. And I'm happy to put that in the show notes as well. Best ever listeners, please, again, help me welcome Joe Cornwell as another host to this great podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave us a five-star review. Share this episode with someone you think can benefit from it. Please follow, subscribe, and have a best ever day. And stay tuned because we are now going to record another episode where we battle out residential versus commercial. Hi, best ever listeners. Joe Fairless here again. And one last thing before you go, would you like to receive a short weekly email with proven tips from experienced investors, free tools and resources, and a roundup of the week's most relevant news and best ever content? Well, if so... Join the community of nearly 15,000 commercial real estate passive and active investors who receive the best ever newsletter. Just go to bestevercre.com forward slash access and you'll get the very next one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And as always, thank you for listening and have a best ever day.